Welcome to the Live Leadership Podcast with myself, Leela Singh. All things coaching, career, and personal branding. This podcast is for ambitious career professionals like you, wanting to create a life of choice and freedom, to be, do, and have more through overcoming limitations, to develop new perspectives and insights, and to redefine your success, be that in work, health, relationships, and so much more. In today's episode, I am speaking with Kavya Nagarajan. Kavya is a senior data engineering consultant working in an advanced analytics firm, Quantum Black, which is part of McKinsey & Co based in London. She is passionate about large scale data processing to solve real world problems using machine learning. Her technical expertise includes data wrangling using Python, Spark, and solution architecture on cloud computing services, such as Azure, AWS, and Databricks. She has overall six and a half years of experience and has worked in a plethora of sectors from building robust data pipelines for predictive maintenance of jet engines at Rolls-Royce Aerospace to fueling data for ship intelligence platforms in their marine division acquired by Kongsberg Maritime in 2019. In her current role, Kavia works on scaling impact through advanced analytics in the banking and insurance sectors. Outside of work, Kavia volunteers to coach young individuals of age 16 to 18 on choosing their career journeys and helping them achieve professional goals with a fulfilling first internship and eventual employment. The opinions expressed in this podcast are Kavya's own and not necessarily those of her current or past employers. In today's session, Kavya shares with us overcoming imposter syndrome as she transitioned from a background in biology to computer science and coding, the importance of being intentional in your career and speaking up about what you want, how stepping outside your comfort zone and challenging yourself can be your greatest learning, why continuous honing and development of your self-awareness is foundational to your success, how she cultivates her growth mindset through consistent self-reflection and incremental changes, and why showing vulnerability and asking for help is a sign of strength. So let's head over and hear what Kavya has to say. Kavya, hi there. How are you doing today? I'm very good. How are you? I'm good. I'd love to welcome you to My Brand HQ, and it's great to have you here today. And I'm looking forward to having a chat with you. It's an absolute pleasure for sure. Yeah. Fantastic. Okay, so let's kick this off. But I'd like to start by asking you, what is it that had you decide to pursue a career in tech? Right. So where do I start? You know, rewinding six years when I finished my engineering degree in biotechnology out of a couple of opportunities I had in front of me, I chose to join IBM, given that I could work on healthcare sector and the job description said Unix databases, which actually sounded quite close to my bioinformatics electives. And I thought I'll just go with the flow. This is where I actually got trained on one of the most complex programming languages called COBOL. It was tough for a 21 year old who was fresh out of college to be grasping all that was happening in the workplace. 
the team dynamics, how to communicate, how to problem solve, and at the same time learn new programming language. Not easy at all. And one year down the line, I realized, okay, this is not something that inspires me in the long run. So what do I do? Yeah, how do I overcome all these feelings that I have? I don't fit in here. Maybe I chose the wrong career path and all the mixed feelings. Yeah, so I thought I'll turn things around in my favor and wanted to figure out my true passion for using tech to actually solve real world problems. And then I thought Python myself took courses on Hadoop, Spark, alongside the work I did at IBM. As soon as I finished the course, I started exploring opportunities within and outside IBM. That's when I started thinking about what I actually want to do and start giving interviews, which wasn't quite easy. After a couple of years at IBM, where I built all my foundational skills and work ethics, I finally landed on a job at Rolls-Royce, which was definitely my dream role. It was quite a huge shift from working in healthcare to aerospace and I must say I've had amazing mentors who helped me build resilience along this journey. And fast forward two years, I'm here in Quantum Black, one of the best, best places to work in advanced analytics, solving complex problems with all the latest tools and technologies. It's been quite an amazing learning journey for me. And so when you talk about resilience, can you give me an example of something you've had to overcome or you've had to really exert that resilience to, to, to overcome an issue or a challenge? Yeah, exactly. So like I said, uh, my background was in biology and moving to everything that was around computer science. I think this induced a lot of uh, peer pressure, right? Like working with computer scientists, you know, who have studied computer science day in and day out from huge universities, uh, it sort of tends to induce this uh, imposter syndrome during early days of my career. I think what helped me in building resilience was asking for help. I think uh, the best thing is when you don't know something, I think it's best to say that you don't know, be vulnerable and then seek for help because uh, it's, it's, it saves a lot of energy and emotional well-being around that, yeah. That's, that's really good to hear that because I know a lot of people talk about being scared to ask for help, particularly when they've started in a new job. So did you have any resistance to that initially? To yeah, definitely, that definitely. yeah, definitely. Like I said, you know, um, in my second job, when I moved from healthcare to aerospace, it was a whole new ball game. And, uh, you know, everything, I had to learn everything from scratch. Everything was new. So I think in from that perspective, um, I would say that asking for help and, you know, when when you just tell people that you're struggling with something, I'm sure everyone are ready to help. And uh, that's that's the beauty of, you know, seeking for help. That's when you know, like, OK, I don't have to struggle all this myself and you mm. always have someone to help. That, that's a great share and a great learning um, in, in my view, because I think oftentimes we feel that asking for help is a sign of weakness and actually it's a sign of wanting to learn to grow it's a sign of strength of courage and as you say resilience so it is important to recognize that and I'm coming from a place where I was that person who not so much that I didn't want to ask for the help because of the weakness I think it was more that I didn't feel I needed to ask for help exactly yeah. so I would just be very independent and self-sufficient and just get on with things and as actually when I left 
or I was leaving my career to then start my business that I recognized I now needed to start asking for help, but actually re- recognizing that people love to help. So to your point, exactly. um, we, we create this in a d- discussion or dialogue that, oh, you know, people aren't going to want to help or they're going to judge us because of it. And actually people love to help and reach out and support. So I think what you started out with there is, is really, really important for people to recognize it's, you know, ask, just ask for help. Because particularly when you start a new job as well, um, you know, I, I had somebody ask me this recently, a client, and and I said, why do you feel that you just started a new job at a new company? Why would you not ask for help? People are not going to assume that you know everything about the job, about the company, about how things work. So it's it's just but we build it up in our heads that it's going to make us look bad. Yeah, exactly. And one of the best advices that, that I've received around that was the first three months that you're in a company is the best time to, you know, to be the most vulnerable and ask for how many ever questions you want and, you know, Mm. to be just your authentic self. So I think that played a really important role in getting me to this stage, definitely, yeah. Fantastic, fantastic. And then tell me, as a woman in tech, what, what if any barriers have you had to overcome? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, generally um, women in tech that I've spoken to most have three main barriers, right? One is the lack of mentors. And the second one is lack of female role models in this field. And the third one being unequal growth opportunities. But to be honest, I've been extremely lucky in all three aspects. I've had excellent mentors throughout in my past and present jobs and also who are very committed to set me up for success. And um, I've, I've also been working with wonderful female role models who day in and day out in the current project and in the company that I'm working right now who are highly committed committed to diversity and inclusion. Yeah, and it's also not always about mentoring, right? It's also about the amount of freedom that you give to the female colleagues in the team, which I think whenever I've had creative ideas um, my in my past jobs, I've always had space to, you know, express them. And when I was working with Rolls Royce, which was definitely, you know, dominated by male engineers and aerospace generally from that perspective I think being uh, sort of only female in the meetings that you enter it it was very important for me to speak up on the ideas that I own and you know to sort of take that to next level so I think uh, it's it's both sides you know barriers are within myself and also externally externally I've been extremely lucky to have had such mentors and colleagues who always pull me up and internally when I speak about speaking up like during initial days of my career I used to be extremely shy I think I've overcome that now because the psychological safety that my team gives me is is definitely hugely valuable yeah amazing and and I love what you said there about speaking up because I think that that's something you know I'm always encouraging people to do is to show up step up speak up because by not doing that and as you said it's about the people around us so your mentors your role models but it's also about what can we do exactly to propel ourselves forward and it is about speaking up and asking the questions and you know sharing your ideas and yes they won't always land and yes there will be people who will undermine or put put us down or whatever but again resilience comes into play and you, you kind of got to keep going because there will be people who will want to encourage you and who want to see you grow 
Exactly, absolutely. And especially for women who are just starting their careers, right? Like it's very important because mostly we are often overshadowed by ideas of others and saying yes to people who are more senior in the team. But I think, um, you know, learning to be able to speak up and it, it's not easy. It's definitely not easy, but, you know, it the huge role also comes in um, with whom you are interacting with, right? I think we should start slow by talking in smaller teams where you're very comfortable about sharing your ideas and depending on the feedback that you get, you take it to the bigger teams and slowly building up on this. So I think, yeah, it's definitely not easy, but yeah, it's possible. Yeah, absolutely. It's definitely possible. So, so tell me then, having worked in a number of countries um, during your early career, because it's still fairly early on for you, what have been your, your biggest challenges? Yeah, um, I'm definitely lucky on that aspect. And I guess um, every time I switched jobs, grasping the big picture of every organization was really, really important. And also understanding the stage of digital transformation that the company was in, you know, it played a key role in what are the different areas that I could actually show impact yeah like understanding these two things like understanding the big picture and what are the areas that I can be impactful was very important when I switched to different jobs and like I said you know what makes a good team and a great team is actually how we communicate right high level of clarity when I try to express my views or when I'm talking about something that I know mm -hmm. and also being highly vulnerable when I know that this is something that I don't know and I want to seek out for help. And like I said, you know, weighing out how your actions lead to long-term impact is also very, very crucial when we switch jobs across, you know, different organizations and across teams. I think this this is what makes a good team versus a great team, I would say, yeah. And what about, you know, different cultures? Because you've worked in India, the US, Norway, and here in the UK. So how have you adapted to that? Yeah, yeah, this is, yeah, this is the difficult part, you know, because um, in India, like the conversation styles, you know, how you express things are slightly different from how you do it on the Western side of the world, right? Like. So yeah, it was initially hard, but I think um, I'm still learning. I shouldn't say that <laughs> I fully mastered it, but uh, definitely, like I said, it's it's about you know expressing this to your one-on-one -on -one mentors or coaches that you have. Like it's it's really really helpful. And just going back to that for a second, so you talked about mentors earlier as well. How did you get your mentors? How did you go about having those? Yeah, so um, I think um, I would say in my current job, like mentors, like we, um, so there are two kinds, right? The ones that we seek for the other mentors, like who get assigned to you as part of your org model and stuff. So I think um, on both sides, I've been, like I said, extremely lucky. So I've always had mentors um, who, who are always committed to lifting me up. I think this is important. Um, for all the growing teams, especially in the field of analytics, because you don't see a lot of women in analytics, and this is the reason, right? Like it's it's heavily it's heavily male dominated, and you know, and also from my side, like you know, I stopped being very uptight about the expectations I set for myself, right? Like so, and be very open minded and showing this growth mindset to the to my mentors. It really helped in establishing that two-way communication because 
it's mentorship it's 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 not about you know just learning from mentors it's also about you know the two-way conversations that you have with them and yeah it was yeah that's that's about it and so are these mentors people that were part of a formal program or are they people are any of them people that you've reached out to and asked them to mentor you yeah i think um it was mostly so so far it has been mostly about you know this formal mentorship that i've received as part of you know our model which worked really well for me and um i've also been receiving a lot of you know support from you know my external like my past managers that i worked in the past like they offer a lot of external coaching because that gives us a third perspective right like everyone every coach that you have within your organization is always going to talk from organizational perspective and will always have limitations to say, do this and do that. They can only offer you advice. Um, you know, they're not going to be thinking or giving you third perspective. So I think from that point of view, having an external coach were, you know, part of my past work experience um, is, is a big game changer, definitely. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. And actually, this is something I've probably not spoken about often in the past. I'm glad you brought it up, which is having maintaining those relationships with previous managers, because the, the, the power in that is that they know you, they recognize your strengths, they recognize your development areas, and therefore they can encourage you. They will also be seeing your progress and how you evolve and you grow. So they're actually well placed to keep exactly. kind of supporting you on that onward journey um and i think it's about remembering that even when you leave a team or an organization you can still maintain those relationships yeah um both in a from a kind of a, a more of a friendship context exactly. if it is that or on a, a mentoring basis like an informal mentoring um relationship so yeah i think that's definitely something because i think sometimes people feel well oh, i've moved on now and, and that's my past and that's it and or in some cases I've, I've even witnessed that you know the managers take it really personally and um don't want to talk to them because the person's leaving as opposed to embracing the fact that they're moving on and they're developing and they're growing so that's a really really valid point there uh thank you for sharing that and, and then tell me what's been your experience of, of stepping outside of, of your comfort zone and, and taking risks what has that been like for you yeah um okay the stepping out of comfort zone is you know it's the most difficult part like for everyone right like you know um i think what was easy for me was you know taking this baby steps rather than figuring it out all at once um and during my early stages of the of the career you know i i used to see every interview opportunity as you know something that i could learn something new and i could meet new people and uh, I should say disappointment is really, really tough, but you know, it's the most powerful force in the positive direction. So I think we should be open to, you know, stepping out of comfort zone by thinking about, by not thinking about like, you know, it as a huge thing, but you know, by taking like, you know, small incremental steps rather than, you know, figuring it out all at once. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and I like what you just said there as well about um, disappointment and, you know, it's learning, right? If things don't work out, it's, you know, even if you go for an interview and you're not successful, well, what did you learn from that? You know, you, as you said, you've broadened your network, um, you've learned about a new company, you know, industry, that there's, what is it you can take away from it rather than, oh, I failed or, oh, I didn't get the job. It's, 
everything kind of adds towards your own personal growth right exactly and also it does not happen you know um it's it's not something that we all have intrinsically right it happens with time and experience so i think if you know uh, if if you attend a lot of interviews one is gonna click if you're just gonna attend one interview and say i failed i'm not gonna try i'm gonna continue with whatever i'm doing now i don't think it's it's just stopping you there so yeah yeah that's how i see it but yeah i've learned it out of my time and experience yeah of course and and this is it because we always will start with taking it personally and then questioning ourselves and oh am I not good enough or what's wrong with me or why didn't they like me and, and all of that good stuff um but actually again something I, I reiterate often is about not taking things personally because it, it's it's never about you as an individual you know mm -hmm. taking things personally is not going to help you to move forward so it's a healthy approach that you have there to, to the way you look at at the situation mm -hmm. and what would you say has been your biggest challenge today yeah, like I said, um, so moving from a background in biology into, you know, this tech space is, is definitely hard. You, I used to always have this sense of insecurity in my mind mm -hmm. during initial stages of my career. And I slowly realized, like when I shared my insecurities with people and I realized that it's very hard, you know, to be anxious and curious at the same time. So I think what really helps is to cultivate this curiosity and you know, constantly seek for help and ask questions as much as necessary. And there's definitely a huge bunch of people who are always ready to help you. And yeah, so I think, I also think, you know, the true test of passion, uh, we get it on how much emotional energy that we are ready to trade, right? Like for attaining a specific goal, I think by cultivating curiosity, we can, we can stay in constant check on this emotional energy that we are investing in, you know, each of the career goal that we want to attain. Yeah. Yeah. And again, great point made there about, I, I like we said about managing your emotional energy, but also cultivating curiosity. So wanting to learn or asking the questions rather than what can often happen is you find yourself in that situation and then you start feeling really anxious, uncomfortable, questioning, doubting yourself and all of those things, which aren't really healthy, which aren't going to move you forward. So actually, what can you focus on instead? Exactly. Is being curious. Yeah, exactly. And also, I think, um, you know, being curious also opens up a lot of opportunities, right? Like, because when we are always in this anxious state, we kind of find reasons why not to do something but you know when you're in this curious state you always find reasons to do something even better and better so i think yeah yeah great great insight there thank you for sharing that and tell me when it comes to networking mm -hmm. when you hear this word what what comes to mind what feelings come to mind for you okay yeah so it's coffee lunch coffee <laughs> <laughs> uh, just kidding there yeah so it's also a famous book that everyone should read it's called coffee lunch coffee and you know um whenever i hear about networking right like um i love how most of our conversations are around this coffee lunch coffee cycle because you know there are two things that could happen right either you can have a really fun chat with someone and you know have a new experience and have a new friend or on the other way you you get this deep feeling inside that you're not alone in something and you know when people share their feelings and experiences with you over a coffee or a lunch 
I think you, you gradually feel that, okay, I'm not alone in this. And there are a lot of people in this world who are facing similar problems as I do. So these are the two things that could happen in any conversation, right? And and also, I, I definitely feel the human bonds uh, really matter at workplace as anywhere else, right? Because in fact, they matter more at workplace. That's almost like sucks, like nine to 10 hours of our everyday life. And uh, it's um, I'm still learning <laughs> about networking and stuff, but I think um, we should all learn to see networking as, you know, it's just a coffee conversation that we have with someone. Yeah, yeah, and and, and I totally agree with you. And it's something I, I, again, try and advocate to people to recognize that because believe me, I was a person, you know, 20 something years ago and I heard the word networking. For me, it was like, oh, it's brown nosing. It's just speaking to someone so you can get something. And that was my kind of um, the meaning that I gave to it. And then as I, like you, you, you mentioned a bit about being a little bit shy when you started out. I was very much like that initially. And, you know, when I overcame that and became more confident in talking to people, I naturally started to just enjoy building relationships. And I wasn't putting the tag of networking to that. I was just enjoying getting to know people, like you say, being curious. Um, and then learning that actually that that's what networking is it's just a conversation and you know you talked about um learning from people about you know making friends recognizing you probably build connection with people who share similar journeys or experiences recognizing you're not alone and for me one of the biggest things that comes out of, of networking or just connecting with people is opportunities and possibilities right because one conversation with somebody could lead it can change your life right we, we just really? don't know yeah you, know, you could speak to a random stranger on the on the train and, and it could turn into you know change the direction of your life you just do not know and I think it's by opening up and embracing that and recognizing that people do like to connect people do like generally do like to talk about themselves and what's going on for them and you just don't know where that connection can take you and actually I think this conversation today is a great example of that because as you said that I suddenly realized we connected over lunch at a conference a few weeks ago right and if it wasn't for that it was a random I I think I joined the table you were at um, and we just got talking and now we're having this conversation for a podcast so we don't know where where conversations can lead to um, and I think that's really important for people to, to recognize and to understand it can take you anywhere and actually the other thing I wanted to, to bring out as well because you did talk about um, being a little bit shy early on in your career but I'd just like to bring to the fore here that when I met you a few weeks ago you had just delivered a talk mm-hmm. at a huge women in tech conference yeah um, so I mean how did that feel for you doing that yeah like I said it's it's an absolute game changer right like from starting at a point where I used to be very shy and talking up in meetings and now presenting in front of a huge audience about what I do every day it's definitely you know there's a lot of work that has gone in there in between these two and uh, yeah I definitely agree on your point as well um, when you said about uh, networking a lot of you know this coaching and mentoring opportunities always happen around these networking conversations right it's it's it 
happens organically when two people are having a conversation it's it's always give and take so I definitely yeah yeah I, I like how you see it for sure <laughs> yeah and I think it's just it, it's so it's a great example, but I think it's important for people to also recognize that you, you just don't know what can happen. So grab those opportunities to just be curious. And I think you've hit the nail on the head with that. It's being curious and wanting to know about people and, and reaching out and having those conversations. Mm-hmm. So tell me, there's a lot of narrative, particularly across social media at the moment, about being present. And what's your view on this? Right, yeah. So I think, um, you know, having self-awareness and constant reflections on the past is as crucial as, you know, being in the present and, you know, thinking about future. This constant reflection on the past is is definitely going to help us learn from our mistakes. I think I can maybe give give a tip that I usually do before and after every project. I call it like pre-mortem and post-mortem after every project. So I think this pre-mortem exercise that I do, right, like it's carefully thinking through everything that could potentially go wrong, like, and, you know, sort of plan contingency whenever we can, right? It could happen. It, it, it generally does not happen with just myself. It could happen with a conversation that you're having with your project manager that you're going to start with or someone in the senior leadership on what impact they want to see from you in the project. And, you know, sort of having all sort of conversations with them. And then I do this for myself. Like, what do I want to achieve out of this project? Apart from, you know, doing all the data engineering and analytics work, what do I personally want to achieve? So I call this like a pre-mortem. And it's it's very important part of journaling exercise that we need to do. Because when you write things down, it's more clear and it sort of resonates when it clicks uh, or when you face the situation, it rings a bell and then, you stay solution focused rather than you know having this mentality of who did this why this happened what has caused this so I think this very important thing that I learned very recently in the last two years and the second thing that I would like to talk about is the postmortem, right like when you finish a project and or any milestone that is like super super important like it helps you know two things it helps you to stay grounded and it cultivates that growth mindset what can I do better and what can I learn more so and also by doing this process um you know I've slowly become risk savvy along the journey which is I think the most important part of self-awareness like how much risk am I ready to take it's part of my you know career journey so so yeah that's about it valuable shares I thank you for that and you know self-awareness is something I I bleat on about all the time you know whether it's in my coaching or on one of my lives you know it's it's fundamental it's a foundational part of of getting out and and progress and and, you know growth um and also I think what you've talked about there is and, and I agree with you when we talk about being present yes that is important but we also I'm not going to say we should do it, but I say it's extremely beneficial to do it, to re- take time to reflect. And oftentimes encourage, I encourage people to, to look at how far they have come and look at what they've accomplished. Because oftentimes our human brain tends to focus on what we haven't done yet and what exactly. didn't work and all of the negative things and, and what we might deem to be a failure. But actually to your point there, the post-mortem piece is what have you learned? What could you do better? And that is so powerful. 
and and it's about then slowing down and taking the time to to do that reflection absolutely um, and again something i i never used to do i i know in the last few years take the time to do that mm-hmm. i just kept doing 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 and a lot of people are like that they just do 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 but they don't stop and take stock and reflect and actually by reflecting on how far you have come and what you have accomplished can have a huge impact on your outlook and your mindset about yourself yeah definitely. which is big right because you know I've had three coaching calls already today and all three are where people are not recognizing how good they are they're questioning themselves they're having self-doubt yeah and by taking time to actually reflect and see this is what I've done look how far like in your case for example coming from when you started out in your career to delivering a talk from a technical point of view you know tech world now and computer science back uh, uh, experience um, to be then standing in front of a huge room of people and sharing about that just shows that's a huge accomplishment and it, it, it's, it's massive growth right so what you're sharing here is great and also the other piece which I like the pre-mortem and the, and the taking time to look at contingency you know risk mitigation planning out so that what I love there is how you said rather than focusing on, on the people and who's done this that and the other it's actually outcome focused exactly results driven um and, and that that will take you a lot further forward than the other example you gave yeah yeah really really great share thank you for that so I'd like to ask you about this because this is something I've heard mentioned a lot which is you can't be what you can't see mm-hmm. okay so yeah. I'd like to ask you what does a statement mean for you and how has it influenced your choices yeah definitely so in this world of you know like a million opportunities right like it's very very easy to get distracted so I really think it's very crucial to have clear goals and having a mentor to talk about it you know and I also see success as something that's defined by the incremental changes that we make to our daily routine right it's not something that happens in a single night yeah so so I definitely know that like if we try to figure out everything up front I'm sure we're never going to get going so it's all about that small incremental changes that you make to your everyday routine is going to lead you to that end goal and also strategizing it if this doesn't work okay what's my plan b and sort of refocusing on the real purpose then battling all the distractions along the way i think all of this is very very important um and it also blurs out the million opportunities and keeps you focused on the opportunity and you know focus on the real purpose that you're working towards Mm. so I definitely uh, feel um, this is what rings um, when people say like you can't be what you can't see and I think trying to figure out the actual purpose like what are you trying to do and blurring out all the other distractions is definitely the key. Mm. Yeah and, and a great, what comes up for me there when you say that is comparison as well. Exactly yeah so especially right like when we when we try to thrive in this super fast-paced environment where, you know, when you have this 
comparison induced pressures my mentors always tell me like this modern world is already very complicated and you shouldn't add further complexity by comparing yourself to others because everyone are different everyone have their own you know plus and minus so i think um like i said being very clear about like what you really know and being very open about what you don't know is definitely helpful in the long term Mm, yeah, most definitely. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And, and then, you you know, you're six and a half years into your career. So you're still fairly early on in, in your career. What advice would you give to your younger self? Yeah, I, th- I would say two things. Um, one, like I said, like, we need to be really vocal about what we want in terms of our career, right? We never know, um, like you mentioned, like who has the power or connections to make things happen. I think by broadcasting <laughs> our intentions, we increase our chances of finding different opportunities. Yeah, that's one thing. I definitely want to be more, you know, vocal in terms of what I want in my career. And and the second one, I think the best way to overcome imposter at early stages of career is, is to separate this facts from feelings. Yeah. Whenever I feel, you know, imposter is going to hit me, I always think about like people who have had my back and who have encouraged me throughout. The, they are the group of cheerleaders in my mind. And, uh, you know, I tell myself, okay, the fact is this is just a small problem in the sea of achievements that you've done. And it's just a feeling that that's, this is the worst problem that you've faced. So I think this this is also an advice from one of the mentors um, that I've recently had a conversation with, like, you know, we should learn to separate facts from feelings, which is often not taught in our school, right? Like, you know, but uh, this really helps, like whenever we feel we are drowned in a lot of problems, I think separating, okay, this is actual fact and this is just my feeling or my response towards it helps us overcome imposter at a very early stage of the career, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm loving this because again something I share so much and I love the way you've articulated that in facts versus feelings because oftentimes we we lose the facts to beliefs that we create exactly. based on the feelings that we're experiencing or we start to make assumptions and judgment and and then we go into this whole situation which doesn't really help us at all ends up potentially having us questioning ourselves and mm-hmm. having that doubt about ourselves because we've made an assumption about a situation and often it's well, what are the facts let's go let, let's slow down a minute and let's go explore this mm-hmm. to find out the truth and again I've had a couple of conversations this week around that where you know people have just made assumptions because let's say they've not heard back on something or um yeah, something hasn't gone as they've expected it to go. So now they're automatically seeing the worst in the situation when actually that may not be the truth at all. Exactly. What are the facts? Yeah, and specifically in situations when we are extremely anxious, right? Like it's it's quite normal to get blurred by, you know, these feelings that we get around, either the mistakes that we do or, you know, something that has not worked out the way that we wanted it to work out. Like, so these are the places where you know having this emotional intelligence really helps yeah 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 again you know you talked about self-awareness earlier I'm a huge advocate of that and this is a great example of that it's recognizing the feelings that we are experiencing and those feelings come from the thoughts that we have about a situation or or a person you know or, or circumstance and actually by recognizing that we 
are creating that we can take responsibility for that and actually recognize that only we're the ones who are the way we're feeling is a a, a consequence of our thoughts yeah exactly yeah I think like you know um, during such situations right like talking to someone is the best thing that can happen right because imposter syndrome it is it's really impossible to overcome this just by ourselves it's since it's created by the environment that we are in so imposter syndrome is most often created by the environment that we are in and not by ourselves right so I think the best way to resolve this is as well to have an environment you know that's very healthy and where you feel you know mentally open to share your feelings and how you feel about when someone tells you this is not the right thing to do and taking it in the right way and you know responding to people and it's 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 a whole new (laughs) you know experience yeah but anyway Mm. we're all learning in this journey yeah absolutely absolutely and you know imposter syndrome is is at some point in time everyone's experienced it um and to your point it's what we do with it you know, because we can then we can go into victim mode around it and then we start to blame everything else or as you've explained here you know we can take the responsibility and say right these are the facts this is yeah. how I'm feeling about it what is it that I can change what is it that's in my influence yeah. to make this better for me yeah. um, and also you know the other side of this is to not create this feeling of imposter syndrome in others right and I think it's 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 very important to stay grounded on how much ever information that we know it's super important to stay grounded and always have this sense check are we creating this feeling of imposter and people who are just joining and yeah mm-hmm. that is something that um, I really have as part of my core values is not to create this feeling of you know self-doubt in others which I think is really important to share yes absolutely and also to to recognize that if people are doing that intentionally looking to create doubt in others it's often because they're coming from a place of their own insecurities yeah right so it you know it's not healthy but it people do it and often do it without realizing because it it makes them feel better so recognize the attention behind people's actions and words Mm -hmm. will serve us a lot better and and stand us in in a good place yeah to move forward by just by simply recognizing that definitely and, and I think also what you said there about vocalizing. So the other point you mentioned about vocalizing what you want and being intentional about it. I think that's super important. Um, mm-hmm. And I say this because I've seen situations where people have simply assumed that. I, and again, I was that person very, very early on in my career. I assumed that if I kept my head down and I worked really hard, I'd get recognized. I'd get the promotion. But I never spoke about it. Yeah. You know, so pe- why would people know? You know, and managers have a lot on their plate already a lot of responsibility and a lot of things they need to think about so actually by us taking the responsibility of of, first of all getting clear on what it is we want setting that intention and then vocalizing that Mm -hmm. has people them having that awareness even though it might drop into the background it's somewhere there so when some an opportunity comes up they'll think of you oh yeah you know caviar was talking about this and you know she's really passionate about it actually I'd refer her for this opportunity or I'd reach out to you because I think you'd be a great fit for this and and this is where we need to speak up and we need to make known a the value that we bring to the table and also 
where it is we're heading, what is it we want? Because another example that comes to mind is um, someone who was on maternity when um, a role came up, which would have been ideal for them, which they would have wanted to take, but they'd never really vocalized it. Mm. And the manager then just looked to fill it with somebody else. And when they returned and asked, well, why was I not considered? Well, I, I assume because you're starting a family, you wouldn't want the extra responsibility. Now, there's no right or wrong there. But the point is, an assumption was made on both sides. Yeah. So to eradicate the assumptions being made, we need to vocalise, make aware what it is we want so that people know. Then, then that conversation would have been different. Exactly. Yeah? Absolutely. Yeah. So, so tell me, Kavya, what is, what, what is it you're most passionate about outside of work? Yeah, so, yeah, I think um, we all know that women are vastly underrepresented, right, in the tech force globally. So I think um, the best solution for this is not just about hiring more women, right, like, you know, it's it's about providing equal opportunities to men and women is how I see it. Yeah. Basically, you know, to get women to a stage where they're equally confident about, you know, presenting themselves professionally, intrinsically, and being able to apply to a job that they clearly know they could, they might not be 100% fit to it, but, you know, getting them to the stage, you know, that they're confident about applying and, and being women in tech, I think we're all individually responsible, right, for raising younger women who are just out of college and looking for guidance and getting, you know, that very first opportunity. So I think that's what I'm most passionate about. Um, I want, you know, I want to be that person who who's trying to help the younger women who are just into the tech or who's who are trying to enter the tech by providing all the guidance that they want so to so to all you know um budding female engineers who are listening to this i'm just a text away and linkedin if you need any guidance so i think this is something that i'm most passionate about i love hearing that and tell me and I, I agree with you i think you know i came across some stats a while ago when i when i was preparing for my TEDx where it said that 75% of the women in the workplace lack confidence mm -hmm. and the biggest impact of, of that is them asking for a pay rise yeah as well as um, public speaking so presenting those were the two things that were impacted as a consequence so what is it that we can do would you say to enable women to be more confident to be able to, to present themselves and, and to show up and to apply for those jobs where they don't tick 100% of the job spec, but like men, according to stats, you know, they have whatever it is, 60%, 75%. And they think, yeah, I can, I can grow into that role. Yeah, I think, um, I think, you know, it, we need to be very clear that, you know, it doesn't happen overnight, you know, getting a real good job and passing tests that we want, um, you know, it's, it's not a one night thing. We need to be clear about that. It also comes with a lot of preparation, right? Like we need to get ourselves, um, we, we, should, we, should, we should not feel any less confident about preparing for an interview or, you know, any, anything that you want to apply for and stuff like that. So I think, I think the best thing is, you know, being, being extremely well prepared for what you want to be despite any external factors that's one thing and also like 
like I kept on telling, I think seeking help and asking people, sharing with them, this is something that I want to do. What do you think? And, you know, having casual conversations with people about your vulnerabilities. Mm. I think all this, all this is definitely helpful. And also killing self-doubt at the early stages is very important, right? Like, because self-doubt, if we keep building on self-doubt and it gets very heavy. So <laughs> I would say, I think being being really prepared for what we want to do and killing self-doubt is, is the key. Fantastic and, and great advice shared. So thank you for that. So tell me, Kavya, what is next for you? Yeah, so this is this is a very interesting question for me, right? Like, because it doesn't say professionally or personally or anything. So what's next for me? So I think I'm trying to find harmony with different pieces of my life, right? Like, I, I always feel I've been, you know, always operating at this very high pace since I started my career until now. I think what I'm trying to work on at the moment is to find harmony in these different aspects and to continue pursue my passion in data engineering and to be able to lead teams in a state where I inspire a lot of younger women who come into this field. So that's about it. Fantastic. So following your passion. Absolutely. Yeah. Amazing. Kavya, thank you so, so much for taking time out to chat with me. Very insightful, some great advice, great shares and learnings there for everybody. Mm -hmm. uh, so I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much for the opportunity. And I really enjoyed uh, listening to you, all your past podcasts and everything. And really, really good job. Please continue doing the same. Yeah. Thank you, Kavya. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already done so. And if you enjoyed and gained value from today's episode, then do please leave a review telling us your key learnings and what you enjoyed the most. And do please share this podcast with your friends and colleagues so we can spread the word on life leadership, creating a life of choice, freedom and new possibilities. Connect with me directly on LinkedIn. And if you would like to learn more about how we can work together, either DM me on LinkedIn or email me. All details and resources can be found in the show notes.